brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Rex Stout's Nero Wolf, Before I Die, a full cast dramatization. That Monday afternoon in October, life in the office of Nero Wolf, where I worked, was getting to be more than I could stand. What time is it, Archie? <sighs> when you asked me five minutes ago, it was 3.25. It is now 3.30. And when you ask five minutes from now, it will be 3.35. But I won't be here to answer. Because I am going out for a walk. A simple answer would have done. Indeed, it would have been all that was expected. Oh, boy. My walk will last for half an hour. By which time you will be upstairs with your orchids. Which will give me a two-hour break from seeing you in this pitiful state. I wasn't blaming him. I was merely fed up with him. You see, it was smack in the middle of the great meat shortage after the war. And to my 270-pound boss, a meal without meat was an insult. He'd got so desperate that he started taking long walks, as, for instance, back and forth between his chair and the bookshelves. Anyway, I got my coat on and was just reaching for the front door. Your name's Archie Goodwin. Thanks. How much do I weigh? Come on out. Guy here in a car wants to see you. The black Cadillac. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, hold it for a minute. Da, 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 da. Who is at the door? Uh, a man with an embalmed face. What's this? You're taking your gun? I was asked to step down to the curb and see a man in a car. I recognize the man since he is one of our most famous citizens, Desizio Parito, also known as Daisy Parrot. That, that, that under... His latest title is the King of the Black Market. Look, when he phoned this morning, I told you I wouldn't see him. Yeah, and I told him. I guess Daisy Parrott doesn't take no for an answer. You're Archie Goodwin. And you're Daisy Parrott. 
What do you want? Hey, boss, he's got his hand on a gun in his pocket. Then he's a damn fool to let you stand behind him. Uh-uh. Mr. Wolf knows you're here. Now, what do you want? I want to see Wolf. Nope. No, sir. I told you on the phone this morning that Mr. Wolf is too busy to see you. He's got more work than he can handle now. I intend to see him. Bring him out here. Now, look. Don't think I'm laughing, you will. People who laugh you off or have to show up at a funeral playing the lead, okay? But whatever you have in mind, Mr. Wolf wants no part of it. Now, that may make you sore, which I'd like to avoid if possible. Archie! My God. Archie, what does Mr. Parrott want? Nothing. He just stopped by. He wants to see you. Then confound it, Archie. Bring him in here. What? Bring him in. Be seated, Mr. Parrott. I don't like it in here. I've got something private for you. Come out and sit in my car. Oh, I rarely leave my house. I do like it here. I'd be an idiot to leave this chair made to fit me. Okay, Goodwin. You go out and sit in my car. No, sir. I do nothing without Mr. Goodwin. You might make exceptions. This might be a good exception to start with. No, sir. Please sit down. Even if you decide against entrusting secrets to Mr. Goodwin and me, there's a little matter I'd like to discuss with you. What do you want to discuss? Well, in my own field, I am an expert. I sell expert information, advice, and services. I understand that you are also an expert in uh, a different field. Presumably, you know where certain things are and how they may be got. I am, on the whole, a respectable and virtuous citizen, but like everyone else, I have my smudges. Where is some meat? You want a slice of the meat racket? No. I want slices of beef and pork. I want some meat to eat. Lamb, veal. Oh, you're just hungry. Yes, I am. Good one. Ring Lincoln 632-32 between 7 and 10 in the morning and ask for Tom. Use my name. Ah, thank you, sir. Now, for your business, Mr. Goodwin told you on the phone this morning that I was too busy to see you. Of course, that was flummery. What was in his mind was that while the occupational hazards are relatively high in the detective business, in your business they're substantially higher, and the combination of the two would be inadvisable. I must admit regretfully that I agree with him. It would be foolish for you to entrust me with secrets only to be told that I can't undertake a job for you, so I tell you in advance I'm sorry. I need help. Doubtless, or you wouldn't have taken... I don't often need help, but when I do, I get the best there is and I pay for what I get. There. Fifty C's. Five grand. That will do for a start. I'm being blackmailed, and your job is to stop it. But I've told you, Mr. Perry, I'm I... I'm being blackmailed by my daughter. Hold it. Nobody in this world knows about that except I me. I said, now... hold it. Now I want to warn you that Mr. Wolf is every bit as stubborn as you are. This is damn dangerous for all concerned. Now, he's told you he doesn't want to hear it, and neither do I. Now, Mr. Wolf, what's wrong with egg salad sandwiches? But she's not really my daughter. The one who's blackmailing me. Now you know that, too. I have got a daughter, a real one. She'll be 21 next month. Where are you going? Uh, you'll have to excuse me, Mr. Parrott. You walking out on me? I always spend from four to six upstairs with my plants. Always. Uh, if you insist on confiding your troubles to me, tell Mr. Goodwin about it. I'll phone you later. You know something? Who's that pots? Huh? You're crazy, both of you. <laughs> What's that gun in your hand for? Crazy as bedbugs. Okay, tell me about it. When my kid was just a baby, I got sent up the river for a long spell, and while I was there, her mother died. It took me nearly five years before I found the kid, never mind how. And by then, I decided it wasn't safe for her to know who her father was, or for anyone to know I had a kid. So I found a way to send money to her, keep her in schools and all. Uh -huh. And I got reports on her every three months, and everything was okay. It was working just fine till uh, Thumbs Meeker bitched it up. Thumbs Meeker? You heard of him? I've heard of him. And now he got his name. Yeah, Thumb sent a punk to tell me that if there was any little favor he could do for my daughter, just let him know, Kavish. And it was his way of saying he'd found out and he could put the screws on you. Yeah, but he hadn't. I mean, he found out I had a daughter, but he hadn't found her yet. So I had to stop. There's only one thing in the world I'm afraid of, good one. Huh? That someone will find my daughter and tell her the truth. It's ruined my life having a daughter. Where she's concerned... I can't think straight, and I can't act straight. 
I mean, look at my coming here and spilling this. Worse yet, look what I did a year ago, April. I rented a penthouse, and I brought a girl there to act as my daughter. I knew it was dumb, but my brains wouldn't work, and I did it. Why? To draw Thumbs Meeker off. If he thought that was my daughter living in the penthouse with me, naturally he wouldn't look for her in other places, especially in colleges. Ah. I thought it would keep my secret sewed up. Everything seemed fine for a few months. Then, then the little bitch put the pliers on me. The phony daughter started blackmailing you? Yeah. First in small amounts. Then every month it got bigger. So far, she's in me for 25 grand. I don't get it. What? Uh, how do I put this? Most people would wonder, with your reputation, why she uh, hasn't had an accident, like uh, getting in the way of flying pieces of metal or something. Ah, that's all exaggerated. Yeah. Rumors start and everyone believes them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, why didn't you handle her or, or have her handled? My daughter? My own daughter? Wait, she isn't. As far as everyone knows she is, I would have to do it myself. And even then, it would have to be very risky. She's got it all figured out. What if she disappears? How would Thumbs Mika dope? I'd be right back where I started. They'd be looking for trails again. Ah, I've looked at it from all angles, and it's no go. Then you're stuck with an expensive daughter. Like hell I am. Last night, she hit me for 50 grand. That settles it. I've got to have help. I picked on Nero Wolf, but from what I know of him, he's got brains, and mine won't work on this. That five grand is just for a start. Uh-uh. I'll pay what it's worth, uh-uh. and it's worth plenty. Look, he won't touch it. Her name is my daughter, is Violet Parrott. Her real name is Angelina Murphy. She was on the jump in Salt Lake from a rolling and cleaning charge. I went out there and got her myself. You see, I doped it that I'd have her sewed up because the Salt Lake Fuzz would like to have her back if she got tricky but it didn't take her long to realize that I couldn't unload her. Okay, you'll have to deal with her. Is it true Wolf never leaves the house? Absolutely true. So you see... Violet will be here at 9 o'clock tonight. Mr. Wolf will have to call you. Now, After he's seen Violet, there's another job he'll have to do with my real daughter. He'll have to be very careful. Look, that can wait until I... Her name's Beulah. Beulah Page. I'll write her address down for you. Look, uh, Mr. Parrott, there's no point... Hey, Goodwin. Yeah? I know I can trust you. I'll be in touch. Ciao. Ciao. Why are you disturbing me, Archie? I'll be down at six o'clock. This is urgent. A question for you to mull. Well? What color do you like in shrouds? This address is near Columbia University, less than half an hour away. Yes, sir. Get her. Now, if possible. But Parrot said... We don't even know there is a daughter. All we have is what Parrot told us. A Miss Beulah Page is registered at the university. Medical and social services studies honor student. I checked. I want to see her. At the very least, I want you to see her. You can introduce me to her? Foy, she's 20 years old. Flummox her. Hi there. I'm looking for Miss Beulah Page. Well, you found her. Are you a preacher? Uh, uh, well, no, I'm, I'm not exactly. My, my name is Stevens, Harold Stevens from Dayton, Ohio. May I have a moment? Sure. Only it's too bad you're not a preacher. It certainly is, if you want one. Uh, what I want to ask, I would like very much to have a talk with you this evening because, well, I'll only be in the city a short while, and I want to tell you about the Dayton Community Health Center. How did you we- know I was interested in health work? Oh, Miss Page, we keep our ears to the ground at all universities. Your outstanding record is known to us, and of course we've read your thesis. You've read my thesis? Indeed we have. It's outstanding, which is why I would like to have a talk with you. Oh, well, that's very exciting, but... Oh, come in, please. Thank you. This is Mr. Shane, uh, Morton Shane. Mr. Stevens, is it? Harold Stevens, how do you do? Oh, well, I've got to tell him, Mort, the reason I asked you if you were a preacher. Oh, yes. Because we're going to be married. We just decided to, just before you knocked on the door. So, you see, you're the first to know. Congratulations. (laughs) You're tiddly. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm happy. And if I'm a little tiddly, it's your fault. Wait a minute. Who made the cocktail? Hasn't a girl got a right to make cocktails when she's engaged, (laughs) Mr. Stevens? Oh, wait, there's a little left. You are good luck. You have to have one with us. Well, wait a minute. Wait, I've got a better idea. 
Now, I ought to be ashamed of myself for busting in on your celebration, especially right at dinner time. Why not let me help you go on celebrating? How about a betrothal dinner? Oh. Well, I don't know. Oh, that um, sounds well, just great. Morton, it's fate. Look, I'm staying with a friend in town who happens to be a very famous man, and he's also very hospitable. I'll call him up right now and tell him we're coming, all right? Well, after all, what's he famous for? Who is now. he? Come on. He's Nero Wolf, the detective. I've known him for years. Oh, and Martin, sure... let's go have dinner with Mr. Wolf. Oh, please. You can't refuse my first request as your bride to be. You uh... Well, let's make him go, Mr. Stevens. He has a strong sense of propriety because he's in his last year at law school. <laughs> he thinks lawyers are the guardians of everything from social conventions to moral righteousness. Uh, not righteousness, right? right. There, there he accepts. Let's go. Uh... <laughs> To my surprise, Wolf helped out over dinner by hopping all over the place. Well, Conversationally, that is. It saved me from having to talk about the Dayton Health Center. He asked Mueller about her courses. He talked about cases he had handled, which fascinated Shane, which in turn fascinated Wolf. He adores adulation. He even ended up calling him Morton, for God's sake. Morton, I hope you're prepared to face the fact that very few people like lawyers. I, I don't, as a general rule. You know, they're inveterate hedges. They're insufferable word stretching. <laughs> I, I had a lawyer draw up a tort for me once. Well, just a simple conveyance, and he made it 11 pages. Oh, God. Well, two would have done it. <laughs> have they taught you to uh, drive torts? Oh, no, naturally, sir, that's in the course, yeah. I try not to put in more words that are necessary. Yeah, well, for heaven's sake, keep it brief. <laughs> a little more wine. Thank you. Oh, there's a crack in your wine glass. Fritz, replace Mr. Shane's glass, please. Yeah. Well, Miss Page, let me give you another helping of zucchini a la It was like that right through dinner. Almost more than I could stand. And after dinner, Wolf and Beulah sang songs. Well, at least Beulah sang. She was in very high spirits. And Wolf was moving a finger to keep time and evidently trying to hum. For him, that was drunken revelry. I'm sure his mood could only have been brought on by a girl whose father could get him a pork chop. I had to remind Wolf of our appointment. Or he would have ended up with both daughters in the house at the same time. I finally got the two celebrants into the car and was driving them home. You know, you're a swell guy, Stevens. That was a swell idea you had. <laughs> hey, now I've got one. What do you think of this? You drive us to Maryland and we'll get married. <laughs> now! <laughs> now who's tiddly? Well, that's a good idea, isn't it? It stinks. Why? Look, I may not have any father or mother or even aunts or uncles, but I don't have to sneak off to Maryland in the dead of night to get a husband. <laughs> I'm going to have flowers and white things and sunshine if I get a break. Anyway, what about that test tomorrow? You said it was important. Well, it is. Home, I mean... Stevens. <laughs> Him first, because he has to study. And um, then you can come up to my apartment and tell me about your health center. You haven't said a word about it all evening. Well, well, I didn't want to spoil the celebration. Brides-to-be should not discuss business on their betrothal night. <sighs> I'll phone you tomorrow, okay? <laughs> Sit down, Miss Murphy. I like eyes at my level. The name is Parrot. Violet Parrot. No, Miss Murphy, it won't do. Mr. Parrot told me who you are. I do not intend to prolong this. He hired me to make you stop blackmailing him. Aha! Uh -huh. My father told Mr. you that? Mr. Parrot sat there. Daisy at... Parrot telling anyone I'm not his daughter? Now, you think I believe that. I think you'll find it difficult to believe Miss Murphy because you've misjudged his character. Ha! You haven't stopped to consider that his strongest feeling, stronger even than his feeling for his daughter, is his vanity. He cannot stand to have you diddle him. And how are you going to stop me? I don't intend to stop you. Then what am I doing? Mr. Perrett made the same mistake you did. He misjudged a man's character. Mine. You have demanded $50,000 from him? Collect it. I don't get you. Within 24 hours after you receive it, you will pay me 45000 You may keep 10%. What? What makes you If you don't I'd... pay me, the Salt Lake police will come and get you. But, you goddamn fool, you can't do that to Daisy. He doesn't have to let you alone like he does me, you know. All I have to do is tell him. Naturally, I prepared for that. He won't believe you. Ah-ha-ha-ha-ha. Uh -huh. Uh-huh, I get it. 
I give it to you, and you hand it to him, and he gets off cheap. <laughs> well, now, wouldn't that be sweet? And Daisy thought I'd fall for that. Oh, I assure you, Miss Murphy, Mr. Parrott knows nothing of this. This is my own idea, and I intend to profit from it. So would you. You can keep 10000 out of every 100000 we get. Oh, look, come on. I've got more brains than that. And more guts than you give me credit for, too. Well. You think it doesn't take guts to stand up to Daisy Parrott? Wait, I'll show you. I'm wearing sleeves tonight. Here's why. He did that to you? That's not all. There's other places. But you'd have to pay to see them. And I took it. I told him, listen, I said, you can hurt me all you want, but don't think I'll just go, baby. And if you hurt me too much, well, I'm not dumb. I've taken certain precautions. What precautions? Just never you mind. But I've got Daisy Parrot, all right, and I'm the only one that ever did that and lived to tell it. And now he thinks he can get most of it back with his lousy runaround? Well, you'll have to think this through. The point is that even if you're 99% convinced that Mr. Parrott arranged for me to take this line, dare you risk that 1%? What if I am acting on my own hook? You'll never know what minute or where you'll feel that hand on your shoulder. Suppose I wasn't there. Oh, you're not thinking straight. If you disappear, Mr. Parrott might possibly decide not to find you for obvious reasons. I wouldn't. I would find you. I am fully as vain as Mr. Parrott, and every bit as ruthless. And I will not be diddled. This interview is over. I'm sure you'll give it your best thought. My God, is he fat. You know, I admire you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you really stood up to him. Well, luckily, you don't have to decide now. you got time to sleep on it, which is a good idea. Shall I take you home, tuck you in? Hey, you don't look like a grister. <laughs> you look healthy and handsome. Inside, I'm clean but mean. <laughs> I didn't offer to drive you home because I noticed you've got your own car, but I can go along just for the air. Air. Oh, boy, dumpling, do I need air. Well, share it. 90% for you and 10 for me. <laughs> you know, Angelina, you're sunk. You can cut out the Angelina. Just call me Angel Food. <laughs> Ooh, I don't like Angel Food. I'll, oh. I'll call you Maple Delight. <laughs> no, but you're absolutely sunk if you try to bullet through. Now, I speak frankly because I... Uh, I admire you in more ways than one. Oh, dumpling. And also because I enjoy life and I don't care to leave it at this point. If you go on putting the bee on Parrot and don't give Wolf his nine-tenths, Parrot will find out sooner or later. Then not only will Wolf get it, but I'm liable to get it too. Even if I'm not as healthy and handsome as you thought I was there for a minute, I do have my skin on straight and I kind of like it that way. <sighs> Just go on talking. You haven't said anything yet. But your voice goes right through me. I don't even want a drink. Uh, look, to show you how selfish I am, I, I've got a suggestion. You haven't got a chance to clean up. Not one in a million. You're squeezed in between Daisy Parrot and Nero Wolf, and that's no setup for a Sherman tank, let alone a lady. Uh, you were going to make a suggestion? Tell Parrot, or I'll do it for you, mm -hmm. that the jip is out. You're merely his loving and obedient daughter... But it would be nice to have an allowance of, uh, say, uh, 300 a week. 300 a week? He'd probably settle for that. No hard feelings. Wolf wouldn't be able to get a cut of it, and you'd be earning over 15,000 bucks. That's more than a U.S. senator gets today. Hey, you know, I usually hate to be driven by a woman driver. But you're good. I thought you would be. You're very good. <laughs> I can turn corners and back up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my building just ahead. You wouldn't con me, would you, Dumpling? If you still think Parrot and Wolf framed it, you're batty. You don't know Wolf. I don't know you either. So, uh, let's see what we can do to fix that up now, huh? We'll huh? leave the car here. Later I'll come we down and drive you home. Come on. A Angelina, uh, Miss Murphy, I don't think you... Dumpling. What? This isn't Halloween night, is it? No, it's not. Really. Then why is that guy in the car wearing a mask? Get down! Ah! I'm shot. 
Oh, my God, I'm shocked. Don't move, kid. Just try to be quiet. Angel food, don't. Shame. God damn. Shame. Okay, Goodwin, we lock you up. Oh, Inspector Kramer, you said that four times. I don't like the idea, and neither will Mr. Wolf or his lawyer, but I prefer it to more of this. Go ahead. Oh, damn you. Look, let me summarize it for you. Daisy Parrott came to see Mr. Wolf to consult him. If I had information for you on that, which I haven't, it would only be secondhand. Then in the evening, Parrott's daughter arrived, apparently to consult Mr. Wolf about the same thing as her father. And I've told you, you'll have to get that from Wolf, too. And I've told you, Wolf's door is bolted, and Fritz says he can't be disturbed. He's asleep. Try him after breakfast. Say 11 o'clock. Of course, I won't be there to let you in if I'm in that cell. Then I escorted Miss Parrott home. With her driving the car, we arrived at her apartment building Where about... is Daisy Parrott? You mean now? Now. I have no idea. Is he holed up in Wolf's house? Oh, good God, no. It makes my teeth chatter just to think of it. Did your teeth chatter when he was there yesterday? Now, look. It will soon be dawn. And I've told it over and over. All I know. You know damn well the man to tell you what Parrot and his daughter wanted is Wolf. You know damn well I can't tell you. You also know if you hold me, Mr. Wolf will resent it, and you won't be able to depend on a thing he says. Now, Kramer, what do you want to do? Get in another jab in a private feud? Or solve a murder? Okay. I warn you. I'm going to take a nap. Either in a chair... Or on a cot, or... Home. In bed. Get out of here. Go on, get! In the cab on the way home, I was trying to add it up. But I couldn't even begin. Why had Parrot decided to erase Violet? And what was the big idea of dragging Wolf in? Not to mention me. I decided I would have to shoot Parrot. It wasn't merely a hangover from my sensation as I watched Violet die on the sidewalk. It was a realization of where Wolf and I were sitting. To be tangled up in a gang war between Daisy, Parrot, and Thumbs Meeker wasn't taking a risk. It was checking out. Ah, but then as we pulled up to the house, I changed my mind. Killing Parrot was the worst thing I could do. The guy I really wanted to shoot was Wolf. All this for a pork chop. Hold it right there, Goodwin. Huh? No funny moves, Goodwin. That's a gun in his pocket. Is it the one he used last night? Don't be too smart. The one I asked you about last night. My car's around the corner. Go ahead. Uh, we'll come behind. Uh, we can talk here. I've often talked here. What do you want to ask me? Get going. I like it here. What's that? A taxi. Hey, we shouldn't be out in the open like this. I said get going, good one. I was about to say I like it here. You can relax, Parrot. Even if I had ideas, which I haven't, I haven't got my gun. They took it away. Hey, that cab! Get down, boss! I didn't duck or dive. I just dropped. This time, I didn't see the man in the cab at all, even to see if he was wearing a mask. I was moving too fast, rolling to get around the corner to safety. When it was safe, I stuck my head around the corner and saw two forms as flat as mine. Only they were much quieter. I crawled over to them. Parrot and Face were never going to be dangerous to anyone again. Archie, is that you? I, I think so, Fritz. Do you need help? Just to get in, Fritz. Take the chain off the door. Did you kill somebody? Uh, Archie! What the devil is it now? Just a couple of corpses on the sidewalk. By luck, one of them isn't me. Sorry to have disturbed your sleep. So Kramer didn't have to wait till after breakfast to see Wolf. He and his squad of scientists arrived within minutes and stayed for hours. Wolf told him almost everything about Parrot's visit, but he saved items like Violet being a phony and the kind of lever she had in her father. The real daughter was left out entirely. And when the company finally left, the sunlight was entering the window beyond Wolf's desk. That may have well been the longest night I ever spent. I hoped it. Nero Wolf's office. Archie. Hmm. Sal here. I want the boss. Hold on. Sal Panzer. Good. Go up to your room and look at your face. It needs washing. Oh, so would yours. You spent the night rolling around on site. You mean you have private business with Saul? Have you got him working on something? Certainly, Mr. Perrett's job. Since when? I phoned him last evening when you were escorting Miss Murphy home. 
Why? Because of something that had been said that aroused my suspicions. If you're out of it, Archie, you won't have to lie to the police when you go downtown to sign your statement. Go and wash your mm. face. Yeah, well, I'll be damned. Excuse me. Oh, by the way. Yes? I suppose it would be futile to call that number Mr. Perrot gave us, now that he's dead. I'm out of it. My breakfast was interrupted four times by phone calls, and that went on all morning. That wasn't so bad. Stalling journalists had to be routine with me over the years, but one of the calls was a sample of what might be expected from life from then on, as long as it lasted. Good one. That's my name. I'm a friend of Daisy Parrots. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, be at the 7-Eleven Club this afternoon at 2 o'clock. I'm tied up at the office, but if you'll give me your name and number, I'll ring you if I find I can make it. It's too bad you wasn't tied up at the office last night. When Wolf is upstairs with his orchids every morning from 9 till 11, he does not like to be disturbed. So I buzz to tell him about that call. That's all? You interrupted me to tell me that? Yes, sir. Oh, and another man called. Said his name was Schwartz, and he's Daisy Parrott's lawyer. He wanted to see you immediately. I told him 11 o'clock. Uh, but if you regard him as out of it, too, I can ring him and tell him not to come. All 11 will do. Archie, did you try that Lincoln number? Mr. Parrott said between 7 and 10. No. <laughs> Sit down, Mr. Schwartz. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Wolf. I must apologize for being urgent about this appointment, but I felt there should be no delay. I gathered from Mr. Parrott last evening that you had not explicitly given your assent. And assent therefore... to what? Why, to your appointment in his will as executor of his estate. In effect, the guardian of his daughter. Huh? Did you? Utterly preposterous. Ah, uh, I was afraid of that. It will uh, complicate matters. You see, there is a question whether the $50,000 provided for that purpose will go to the executor if the executor is not you. Did you say 50000 Yes. <clears throat> Tell me about it. In the past, I have attended to a few matters for Mr. Parrott of a minor legal nature. But last evening, he came to my office, uh, my apartment, he has never been to my office, and asked me to draw up some papers at once in his presence. What uh, time was this? Oh, he arrived about nine. Was there until after midnight. I'm afraid it took a long while. You understand, it's a difficult business, extremely difficult to convey property by testament to a daughter without naming or identifying her in any way. Your functions are limited strictly to the legacy of his daughter. There are only two other provisions in the document under consideration. $50,000 to you as executor... And the uh, same in amount to me. Let me see it. In a moment, yes, sir. I should explain that the large sum left to me was not to compensate me for drawing up some papers. It was to pay me for not opening this envelope addressed to you and examining the contents. I must say he misjudged me entirely. One-tenth that amount, one-fiftieth would have sufficed. So, having said that, there is the will, and this is the envelope. Thank you. Well... At least we know where Parrot was when the police couldn't find him last night. Uh, yes. Um, Mr. Schwartz, considering the circumstances, I think Mr. Parrot would expect me to let you know this much. Archie, would you read this page to Mr. Schwartz? Yes. To Nero Wolf, if this is a wrong one I'm pulling, it's the worst mistake I ever made, but I think I can count on you after seeing you today and sizing you up. I I don't think I'm going to die, but what if I do? That's my problem. My daughter has got to be protected. I mean, she has got to get what belongs to her, and that's my problem. Thank you. The envelope also contains a marriage certificate and a birth certificate. Put them in the safe, Archie. Ah, then you accept the uh, office? I do. In that case, I have a question. With the daughter dead, how do you propose to perform the functions of your office? A reasonable question. I had Archie read you that page because I wanted to understand why I cannot give you an answer. Since Mr. Perrett uh, trusted you, he would expect me to give you this much satisfaction. The daughter is not dead. 
Beyond that, Mr. Parrott left it to me, and so will you. I see. Uh, I hope you'll forgive me if I mention another detail. I understand that Mr. Goodwin here was present when Miss Parrott was killed. Yes. He was also present when Mr. Parrott and his companion were killed. Yes. But Mr. Goodwin was not injured. Only my pride. Mr. Wolf, I, I don't know whether you fully realize the inferences that will be drawn by Mr. Parrott's associates when they... Nero Wolf's office, aren't Can you... Can he talk to me now? Hold on a moment, I'll see. It's the man who called earlier. The one who wouldn't leave his name. I'll take it. Nero Wolf speaking. Your name, please? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I never speak to people without a name. Just a moment. F-A-B-I-A-N. Thank you. Hold the line a moment, please. Mr. Schwartz, have you ever heard of a man called Fabian? Yes. So have I. <clears throat> yes, Mr. Fabian, what is it? Well, I see. I must tell you I never make appointments outside my house. You know, no, indeed, I assure you I'm not frightened at all. Yes, I realize that, but I seldom go out for... If you... Well, I have a suggestion. Why don't you come to my office, say, at 2 o'clock this afternoon? Did you have the address? Good. Mr. Wolf, I was about to say when the phone rang that Mr. Parrott's associates are men of action. To put it baldly, they will kill both you and Mr. Goodwin the first chance they get. Now, I was about to suggest certain precautions... Mr. But... Fabian says he wants to ask me something. But great heavens, don't let him in. If he is really dangerous, and if he has drawn the sort of inferences you fear, my own office is the only safe place to meet him. This business has to be settled sooner rather than later, doesn't it? Shall we continue? Nero Wolf's office, Archie Goodwin speaking. You said your name was Harold Stevens. Oh, boy, just what I needed. Actually, at the moment, the name is Mudd. Harold Mudd here. That's not funny. It certainly isn't. Look, actually... I want it... to know about the man that got killed and how you happened no, to be... hold it, hold it. Wait a minute. Start again. What have you seen, heard, and done? I've seen pictures, just now in the Gazette. Oh. One of a man named Daisy Parrott, and I know him in a certain way, and he's been killed. And for a certain reason, that's bad news for me. I was... Another picture is of you, oh. and it says your name is Archie Goodwin. That's right. And you work for Nero Wolf. That's right. And it says you were with Daisy Parrott when he was killed. So I want to know what... I'm coming over there. No, no, don't do that. You stay where you are. I'll come over and pick you up. I'll be right over. <clears throat> it's the friend of the law student. Very upset. I gathered. You can leave at once. I can finish my business with Mr. Schwartz without you. Yes, sir. And Archie... Huh? Arrange it carefully. That's why I'm picking her up, sir. How do you do, Miss Page? And, uh, Morton, I wasn't expecting you. He wouldn't let me come alone. I certainly wouldn't. I'd like to know what this is all about. Goodwin saying his name was Stevens. And why were we sneaked in the back way like the this? The sidewalk in front of our house was the scene of two murders, and quite conspicuous. I one. demand to know what is going on. Uh... Miss Page deserves an explanation, and she'll get it. Doubtless you'll get it later from her. Mr. Goodwin and I are taking Miss Page up to the plant rooms to show her my orchids and have a talk with her. Now, there are books and magazines down there. I must insist. No. Mr. Don't try. Archie, tell Fritz there'll be two luncheon guests at one shop. My God. You're impressed? I've never seen such a blaze of color in my life. Uh, someday you must spend an hour or two up here. Now I'm afraid we haven't time. You're not an infant, Miss Page. I'm 20 years old. Then I won't have to use a nipple for this. You know what a hypothetical question is? Certainly. And I'll put one to you. Suppose these things. That with me as intermediary, your father has arranged to make available to you a considerable sum of money that he is not in a position to disclose himself to you and cannot ever be expected to do so. That he has put it wholly within my discretion whether you shall be told his name and your mother's name and that the circumstances are such that it will be one deuce of a job to keep you from guessing his name and guessing it right. Now, supposing all that, here's something for you to think over. Yes? Do you want me to tell you the names? 
or not? Oh, I don't need to think it over. I want you to tell me. Oh, that's an impulse. Oh, good Lord, an impulse. If you only knew what I... I want to know. Uh, what if your father is, um, say, a convicted pickpocket? I don't care what he is. I want to know. Then you should. Mr. Perrett, your father, died last night out there on the sidewalk. I knew it. The devil you did. I, I knew it. <laughs> oh, good God. Deal with this, Archie. Uh, Miss, uh, uh... Why haven't you got the sense to go, too? Now, look, the, uh, the room just under this one is mine. It's unlocked, and it has a bathroom with a mirror. There's, there's no hurry. We can wait. Down so soon, Archie? Is she all right? Uh, she needed a shoulder to cry on, but with her fiancé under the same roof, I didn't think it would be fitting. Morton's in the front room, pacing. Nero Wolf's office, Archie Goodwin. Let me I... talk to him. It's Kramer. Uh, Mr. Kramer, how are you? I'm fine. You? The way I always am before lunch. Hungry. <laughs> Enjoy it. This is just a friendly call. I wanted to let you know that you were right as usual when you decided to keep it all to yourself and tell us only one thing that was worth a damn about Parrot's daughter being wanted in Salt Lake. We got onto her through the Washington fingerprint piles, as you knew we would. I don't think she was his daughter at all. Her name was Angelina Murphy, though she used others. She had about ten years coming. I suppose I might as well ask if you have anything to add. Uh, no. No, I think not. Nothing at all? About the job you took on for Parrot? No, nothing. Okay. I didn't expect it. Enjoy your lunch. Well, at least I heard that before I died. What? Well, Kramer knowing you've got things he could use and, and merely telling you to enjoy your lunch. Hmm. Do you know why? Yes. It was, in effect, an obituary. Hmm. If I were a sentimentalist, Archie, I'd be touched. He thinks we haven't got long to live. Yes. What do you think? I think we should enjoy our lunch. Excuse me, sir. Mr. Schwartz has arrived. He says he has an appointment at two. Thank you, Fritz. Well, I, I must apologize for ending the meal so abruptly, but uh, callers are expected. Uh, Miss Page, I think it would be best for you and Morton to leave the same way you came. I, I don't want to leave yet. Couldn't I wait? There are things I'd like to ask. Certainly. You may wait in the plant rooms if you wish. Morton, too? No, wait. I don't like the way things look here. I don't know what explanation you've given Miss Page. These callers you're expecting, are they connected with Miss Page or her affairs? With Miss Page? No. With her affairs, yes. Who are they? <laughs> One of them is a man called Fabian. Another is named Schwartz, a lawyer, a member of the bar. And I've invited a private investigator currently in my employ, Mr. Saul Panzer. I want to be present. Morton, no. You don't understand. Uh, Miss Page's name will not appear in the conversation. I, uh, I can see no reason why you shouldn't be there if you want to. Ah, that will be Mr. Fabian. So, please go ahead into the office, Mr. Shane. Archie and I will join you shortly. Mr. Fabian... It is part of your legend, sir, that you never go anywhere unarmed. Are you armed now? Yeah. Any objections? None at all, but uh, I'm not calling you a liar, but I would be better satisfied if I saw proof. Where is your weapon? Easily available? It's available. Would you mind showing it to me? Comedy. Here. I could have had it out and in again 20 times. I came to get some proof from you, and good one here. Ah. Excuse me. We'll go into the office and sit down. This way, sir. You know, I uh, I must apologize to you, Mr. Fabian, for appropriating a few minutes of your time. But uh, this will only take a few... Rich has got it, sir. You're Schwartz. Yes, Mr. Fabian, you may remember. Uh... Yeah, I remember. Archie, Archie, you can't go in Fritz, there, sir, Mr. are you all right, sir? How are you going to stop me? Fabian, what you doing here? I got you covered, Thomas. Not here and now, Fabian. Who gave you the steer? Nobody. I came on uh, 
business. Lift them up. Oh, Tommy Rot. This is preposterous. Besides you two, there are five people in here. What do you expect to do? Shoot all of us? It's nonsense. And who the devil are you, sir? What do you mean, bounding into my house like this? Uh, that's Mr. Thumbs Meeker. Right. Mr. Wolf, sir. You heard me, Fabian. Not here and now. He's right. I came on business. You came on business? What business? Who are these guys? Well, they're here on business, too. What's yours? I want to know if it's true that you told the cops that your punk put a finger on Parrot and his daughter for me. No. They uh, seem to have that idea. It isn't true. Oh. Oh, I'm a liar. I don't know whether you're a liar or not, but if the police have made any such statement or intimation, they are. I would have expected you to be sufficiently familiar with police methods not to come running to me with anything as silly as that. You didn't tell him that? Certainly not. You're Goodwin. Yeah? Did you? No, am I a half-wit? Mr. Meeker, now that you're here, I suggest that you stay. Please be seated. I was about to tell these people who killed Mr. Perrett and his daughter and how and why. It will be doubly interesting because the man who did it is present. I wouldn't want to miss that. Hey. I'm present. Yes, sir, but it wasn't you. Sit down. I don't like to talk to faces on different levels. And you too, Mr. Fabian. Yeah. yeah, that's better. Now then, first about Mr. Perrett's daughter. The police know that the young woman who was killed last night was not his daughter, but they don't know that he actually has a daughter. I do, and I know who and where she is because Mr. Perrett told me about her in this room yesterday. At this very moment... Go slow. If you please. No power on earth, Mr. Fabian. Not even the kind of primitive power you rely on will keep me from telling this properly. You could shoot me, but you're not going to, so don't interrupt. Mr. Perrett's real daughter is at this moment in this house, upstairs looking at my orchids. He told That's me... That's a lie. She doesn't think so, Mr. Shane. And don't you interrupt me. Mr. Perrett entrusted her interests to me, and I intend to guard them. Some 18 months ago, he discovered that you, Mr. Meeker, had learned of his daughter's existence and were trying to find her. So he tried a finesse. He went to Salt Lake City and arranged with a young woman named Murphy, a fugitive from justice, to come to New York and live with him as his daughter. Go slow. Oh, don't be absurd, Mr. Fabian. The police know all that. The arrangement was made, and Miss Murphy came to New York and became Miss Violet Perrett. But before long, she began demanding sums of money, increasingly larger, with the threat that she would make a disclosure if he didn't pay, and he paid. That's crazy. Daisy Perrett would never pay blackmail. Oh, but he did, Mr. Fabian, because, you see, Miss Murphy had somehow found out who and what and where his daughter was, and that put his daughter in jeopardy. Daisy would never have put up with that. He would have handled it. Mr. Perrett couldn't handle this because Miss Murphy had taken precautions. To protect herself, she told someone else. Someone else? With Mr. Pence's help, I have discovered the identity of that person. Who? Who was it? Miss Murphy, out west, had been attached to a man in some of her unsavory enterprises. That man came to New York, I don't know when, but it may be surmised that it was about the time Miss Murphy began demanding money from Mr. Perry. Who is he? That man decided on a stroke of his own. Unknown to Miss Murphy, he contrived to meet the daughter, to pursue a friendship with her, to ask her to marry him, and to be accepted. He had enough temerity to masquerade as a law student. And indeed, his temerity was unlimited. He didn't even bother about an alias. He became engaged to marry Mr. Perry's daughter under his own name, Morton Shane. That's a lie. No, Mr. Shane, that is the truth. I know it. I can prove it. What I don't know yet is why. Why did you shoot and kill Miss Murphy and Mr. Perrett? Merely to clear the track to get them out of the way since the daughter was betrothed to you? Possibly, but I doubt it. More probably, something had happened. You'd become aware of some deadly threats... Had Miss Murphy by any chance discovered your association with the real daughter? You'll eat all of this, you fat, lying son of a bitch. I'm going. Stay where Don't you move. are. You got anything else? Nothing but proof. 
Last evening, Mr. Perrot's daughter and this young man dined with us, and one or two remarks he made stirred a faint suspicion in me, faint but simple to test. He said he was in his last year at law school, and I asked him if he'd learned to draft torts, and he said he had. Mr. Schwartz, you're an attorney. Is that possible? No, no certainly not. A tort is an act, not a document, as any law student would know. You can't draft a tort any more than you can draft a burglary. Ah. I had my chef save your wine glass, Mr. Shane, and after you had left, I got in touch with Mr. Panzer. Through the FBI, we learned of your background and your record, and I also arranged that Mr. Panzer should pick you up last evening in front of the building where Mr. Perrot's daughter lives and keep on your trail. I'll kill you, you son of a... paper says the DA's decided not to charge Meeker or Fabian because a man has a right to defend himself. And all the witnesses agree that Shane shot first. Oh, perfectly sound. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate to disturb your reading. Then don't. But I would like to make it clear that I don't believe Saul was on Shane's tail that night. I think you put that in to make Shane go for his gun. That's not sound at all. Uh Mere conjecture. You knew Fabian would get Shane. And you had to do it that way because you knew you couldn't pin the killings on Shane. (sighs) Indeed. You had no proof. As a responsible guardian, you had a problem. Your ward was engaged to a murderer. And you were afraid that she was so wired to him that she might take him. Now, that's where you made your mistake. Oh, yes? Oh, yes. You see... Once Bueller laid eyes on me, Shane was right out of the picture. Oh, shut up, Archie. Yes, sir, in an hour or so. Now, I am willing to be chastised, too, because on one count I have it coming. I told you that just before Violet quit for good, while I was kneeling there beside her, she said, it's a shame, a shame. Of course she didn't. What she said was, it's a shame, shame. See, I fumbled that one. And hereafter, I'll wash my ears better. Archie. Okay, go on and read. Go on. Because I'm going up to change my shirt. I'm taking your new ward out to dinner tonight. But don't jump to the conclusion that I'm thinking of marrying her. I don't want you dragging Fabian and Thumbsmaker down here on my account. (laughs) 